First Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 says, and the very God of peace, God of peace means that it, this is not in, they don't have this in the back. So the very God of peace, it means the peace belongs to God. And the more you spend time with God, the more peace you have. And I'm going to be talking about that today. So thank you, Sarah, for referencing that. It says the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. And this is what is whole. This is you in, in entirety. And I pray, God, your whole spirit. Everyone say spirit and soul. Yep, very good. Say spirit. Say and soul and body. Be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the God of peace. And if you spend time with me, I will make whole your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your tripart being. Your body is for this earth to interact to sense and to walk through this earth. You're born into this planet. Your spirit is eternal. That's going to go somewhere whenever you die. And your soul is connected to your spirit. It actually means your mind in scripture. And so we started this What's Next series. And we're just kind of talking about what in the world is going to happen now. The world's changing so much. We got so much unrest and distress and crisis going on. And world just kind of spinning out of control and there's a lot of things that are swirling through our heads and question marks and what do we do next and last week we talked about start with your heart find out if there's prejudice in there find out if there's something in there that stands against the word of god that you didn't even know was there maybe it was put there by a family member maybe it was put there by a way that you were treated maybe there's something there that you need to deal with but start with the heart first and then move to the mind. So we're talking about heart, mind, and body, okay? And we're talking about the fact that you're not whole unless you have the peace of God in your life. I'm going to get to the sermon in a minute, but just let me let me put the wheels up and get us out into the elevation. And so what I really feel is happening here is God's just confirming the word for today because I want to speak to you about being pound soul strong, soul strong. And, and when you give your mind away all week long to cycles and spirals of fear and, and halfway through this pandemic, we were telling people in our leadership, shut off the news, not to not know, because you can get it from anywhere. I mean, my app goes off in the weather channel and I know what's going on with the news, okay? If the weather channel can get me the news, you can shut off CNN for a little while. That was about as popular as high heel balloon or high heel shoes right there, but that's okay. And I want to not dig a hole for myself immediately because it's very hard to climb out of a hole when you're starting to preach. But I do want to tell you that whenever you're giving your soul away all week long, you cannot have the peace of God that passes all understanding. So when you dwell on the word of God, and we're going to be dealing with something today that's called biblical meditation. It's a lost art in the church of today. Because we think meditation is Eastern religion and other things, but actually God started meditation before any of those other things. He wanted us to meditate upon the word. And when we meditate upon the word, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, fills our hearts and minds. And we then understand what we are to do next. Because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray today as we go into this lesson and teaching on soul strength. Lord, we just 
want you to help us to give our minds to the right things, to not cycle through continuous worry and cycle through anxieties that need to long, long needed to be at Calvary, Lord Jesus, long needed to go to the cross and be laid at your feet and let you deal with it. Cover our minds and hearts in the blood of Jesus shed for our redemption, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, let me just read real quick since I got you up to read a scripture. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Let's read verse 19 through 21. If you're there, say amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. If not, say wait on me. All right, it'll be in the Bible in the sky here just a second. They'll put it up there for us. Here we go. Are you ready for the word today? Is your heart open to it? I hope so. Repent ye therefore. That means turn around. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. I always read that as like, you know, when people are playing bingo, and they're like blotting their bingo card. It like makes the number disappear entirely. The only thing you see is the blot. That's what, that's what that's talking about. That's what I see. That's what my brain does with that. I know. Some, some of you question my sanity right now. That's okay. But be converted that your sins are blotted out. The sins are no longer seen. It's just the blood of Jesus that's seen covering those sins. Amen? And when, when, when the times of refreshing, everyone say times of refreshing. That means there's going to be moments when you don't feel refreshed shall come from where? The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. Have you made his presence a priority? And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verse 21, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution. Here we go. We had times of refreshing. Now we have times of restitution. Of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. It's fulfilled because God spoke it. Amen, someone. So we're going to talk just a little bit about that. Lord, we're so grateful for this word. We just want you to use it for your glory. There's so many people here today that need to have their mind strengthened by you. Would you settle their hearts and would you strengthen their minds? In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. There's several different places in scripture here. Verse number 19 in chapter 3 of Acts that we see things dealt with where refreshing is talked about. And refreshing is where God's spirit just renews some things in your life. The word Holy Spirit and the word Holy Ghost in Scripture are interchangeable. But I prefer, you know, of course I grew up Pentecostal, but I prefer the use of Pentecostal language because the word Holy Ghost was used as I was growing up. And obviously I'm still Pentecostal very much because I like to preach about the Holy Ghost. But it's more than just a similarity between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost, though they mean the same thing in Scripture. I want you to understand that a spirit is still a spirit whether it walks the earth or not. But when I talk about the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about Jesus who lives in my life, 
who was born, lived, and died. So when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying to Jesus, who is God, but he knows the feelings of my infirmities, was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. The perfect one, I'm praying to the perfect one. I'm praying to the ghost of Jesus Christ. In other words, what I'm understanding here is that Jesus had to go away because when we talked last week, he was the physical representation of the kingdom of God on the earth. He lived on the earth. And so when I say there's a power of the Holy Ghost in this place, I'm saying there's a Savior walking in here that you cannot see that fills your life and your heart, and he is the one that is in your vessel and he is the one that walked this earth. He knows what you're going through. He kicked sod just like you have. He's, he's de dealt with family just like you did. He got, he got frustrated with Peter just like you get frustrated with your family, man. He walked this earth, and he lived out the days of his life. And even as, we, as I heard the, a great sermon this week that I shared with our leadership, he got tired. Jesus in his flesh as the Son of God, the flesh of man. He was, he was God. He was the Father who put on flesh in the womb of Mary. Amen. But even in that flesh, he still got tired. How could the God of all power get tired? That's what Stephen Furtick was preaching about this week. And I shared that with my team because I felt like even though that may not be the best medium sometimes, I felt like it was a word for somebody. And if you're tired here today, I want you to know there's a refreshing from the Holy Ghost. There's refreshing from Jesus in this place. There's a refreshing that just starts to wash over you, and it washes over you, and it continues to wash over you. But you have to make a priority to be in his presence. When the times of refreshing comes, it's when you're in the presence of the Lord. And so if we want to know what's next, get in God's presence. That's what's next. Not only check your heart and make sure that you understand what's going on in your life and that you understand the feelings and the emotions and where they're coming from, and maybe, yes, spend some time talking with a psychologist to make sure you handle old wounds because you can't go into a future that's promised and blessed with old wounds. Hello, somebody. You need to heal. But also understand that the refreshing of the Lord is the presence, is in the presence of the Lord. Verse in chapter 4 of Acts, in verse 2, it says that we are blessed through Jesus Christ, or, or we are, they preached resurrection through Jesus Christ. I'm trying to read my own notes. It's kind of hard to do whenever you write too small. So what happens in the, in the book of Acts in chapter 3 is they heal the man at the gate beautiful. You may know the story. It was, an, like I said, an ugly situation at a beautiful gate, and they heal this man. And and so what? it's Peter and John, and they're, they're, they're walking to the synagogue. They're just going up to Solomon's porch. They're going to go pray at the temple. And it, it is the ninth hour of the day, which is, uh, which is noon, or, or no, 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. It's the standard time when everyone went to pray. They were going about their day like normal. Have you ever had a day where you're just going about your day normally, and all of a sudden something happens and you need God to step in? That is whenever what you have banked in the presence of the Lord becomes present in your situation. And if you only have a Tuesday devotional, it's not enough in your situation at that moment. You need to have been in the presence of the Lord regularly. You, you have to understand that our flesh is easily uh, perturbed. 
If you've ever been cut off on the freeway, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had someone frustrate you entirely where you are fighting your flesh and you're dealing with something where you're just, you haven't got to lunch yet and you're just a little hangry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody's real here. So you're dealing with some, some stuff and you feel like, and you feel like you're not able to handle it very well because you have pressures going on and your flesh wants to lash out and you just end up putting all kinds of bite marks in your tongue because you're trying not to say what you shouldn't say and it's proper that you should do that. It's proper that you should live right. But what they're doing is they're actually walking through their day like normal and then they see this situation where the man is begging for alms and they said, we don't have silver and gold. But such as we have, give unto thee. And they fastened their eye, their focus on the man. And they said, such as I have, give I thee. And they didn't reach down and pray over his ankles because his ankles were deformed and he needed strength and he needed healing from that. They didn't touch what was broken, but what he did, what Peter did was he reached out. It was Peter, correct? I read it this morning, but it was so early. I, I, I want to make sure I got my facts right. He reached out and he took him by the hand. And pulled him up. And as he pulled him up, the miracle happened. God will always reach and grab you in a place that works to fix what's broken. God will always reach out to you and grab a place where you know you have sturdiness. He didn't reach down and touch the broken ankles. He said, I'll grab you in a place where you're strong and I'll pull you up to a place and pull you out of your weakness. And when he pulled on him, strength came to his ankles and he leaped and ran into the synagogue. And everybody knew the man because he was systemically given to a, a place where he, he begged. He was constantly using, and I know that word has been used a lot for Forgive me if that means something different to you. What I mean is he had a system at the gate beautiful. He had people that brought him to the gate every day. He had designed everything for his victimhood. He had designed everything for his problem. But whenever they stepped in and they used the name of Jesus Christ, that name, because they preached it and they knew it and they demonstrated it before, they knew there was power in the name. And when he took him by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, Strength came to his legs. Restoration came to his ankles. And he had not only a miracle, but then he also had the rehabilitation of those legs. And that, that arthritis or whatever would have been built up over his lifetime of being carried to the gate beautiful and never using those legs at all, never having the nerve development, never having the motor memory, never having the muscle development. Is someone with me right now in this miracle? He did the whole work. He didn't just give him strength to stand, but he he dealt with the atrophy of the muscles and said, if you're going to leap and jump, I'm going to handle it. And he gave him strength to his legs. And I pray today that not only God does a miracle in your situation, if you believe in the name of Jesus, but he handles the things that have been atrophied in your life. He handles the things that have been taken out of your life. He deals with the systemic stuff that you have built around you that's wearying you because you're going around a problem simply because you found a way to deal with the problem another way. I pray God tears down systems that don't bring you to a Savior that can save you. I pray he tears down things that keep you from knowing that he is the risen Lord. And he's a risen Savior. And he handles miracles not just at the beginning, but he deals with you wholly, body, soul, and spirit. So what are we talking about here in Acts chapter 3? It goes through, they get in trouble for healing the man. Talk about a bad situation. The Sadducees don't believe that people get raised from the dead. The Jewish leaders are in trouble because there's power that they don't have. 
How is that possible? Can't be having people have power. And be giving people all that power. And so he's, they're all upset, and they take him, and they throw him in jail, and then they spend the night in jail. Of course, they didn't, that didn't change them much. They just kept on living for the Lord wherever they were at because Jesus is with you. Amen, somebody. And then in Acts chapter 4, verse 7, they're asking, what power? By what power did you do this? By what power? And then they ask the, the, the $60 million question. And by what name? By what name did you do this? Oh, it's Jesus. That's J-E from Jehovah in the Old Testament. And S-U-S, which means become our salvation. God who is spirit, John 4, 24, put himself in a body in the womb of Mary and came and walked the earth so that the only body that could ever be sacrificed for our sin, Hebrews, the shedding of blood is the remission, gives the remission of sins. The only one that could ever save you is Jesus because he's Jehovah come to save us. Amen. If you don't understand that Jesus did everything we need, that the power of God is in the Spirit of God, we read in Acts chapter 2, as we're going through the book of Acts here, we read in Acts chapter 2 that that power was poured out on the earth. So when Jesus was resurrected and lifted up, he not only came out of the grave for himself, but he came out of the grave for us. Amen, somebody. Just go ahead and put some hand clap in the chat if you're watching online. He's a resurrected Savior. So he goes off into heaven and he tells them after doing many miracles and many signs and wonders in front of him, go into Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father which shall come upon you. And they spend 10 days in the upper room in Jerusalem locked in because they're scared because they crucified Jesus. They could crucify them. Help me, Lord, not to get off track with this sermon because there's so much in this book of Acts. These are the acts of the apostles. These are the things that they did. And Jesus went away physically, took the physical kingdom that was on the earth in himself. He said, I got to go away because I'm not just going to walk with the physical kingdom. I'm going to put the kingdom of God in every one of you, and you're going to walk with the kingdom in you. That whenever he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. We are made of the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life, zoe, into us. And, and we have roha, breath. And as we were praising the Lord before, we were given back the very gift of God to him. It is his gift that we breathe. And we breathe it back in praise. That is giving back to God what he first gave us. And if we don't understand that spending time in God's presence is what he wants us to do, and when we give him his own gift back. He goes, I like that. I think I'll inhabit the praise of my people. Amen. I think I'll come and I'll sit down here. And when his spirit sat down on the earth in Acts chapter 2, it was announced by wind and it was announced by sound. It was announced by fire upon each of their heads and they spoke with tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. We know two external signs, one internal sign. And so we find in scripture that that Holy Spirit inauguration set up spiritual kingdom power in the earth. And that is what I want to talk to you for just a minute about so that you understand that mental health, your mind is the place where God wants to be strong. That's the place where he wants to be powerful. He takes your heart and he takes out the stony heart, scripture says, and he'll put in a heart of flesh that you desire the things of God, that you begin to desire the works of the Lord in your life, and that you desire things that are, are holy and righteous, and you start to have no desire for the, the ungodly things, and you begin to fight the war against flesh and spirit, but you desire the things of God. 
And so then while you're doing that and while you start with the heart, then it moves into your mind and you begin to deal with strongholds of thinking. The Holy Spirit begins to bombard you and it begins to wash you and flush you and clean you out. And I just heard not too long ago, a pastor friend of mine that was saying they're having miracles in their church. And they had like in three weeks, like three people healed of Lyme's disease. And one lady had Lyme's disease for 30 years. The last 10 years, she's been bedridden. With, and he, he has a video on his phone where she's running around their backyard. She hasn't been able to move like that in 10 years. But when they began to pray for her, she said it felt like something was flowing over me, like you, you, you cleanse out something and, and the spirit just kept on flowing over her until she no longer had Lyme's disease. And then two young girls that had it. Yes. Amen. That's the miracles of God still working in the earth. That is powerful. And two young girls that had it no longer, no, no symptoms. It's like it was never there. It's, they got checked, and it's not even in their bloodstream. It's not like they even have antibodies that says in their bloodstream that they dealt with this disease. It's no longer even there because Jesus washed over them because he touched them. And it's beautiful how God does that. But there's also more than just miracles of healing, but there's things in our mind we don't even know are there, things we bump up against, maybe traumas of our past, maybe ways we were treated, ways we were rejected, ways we were not seen, ways we were not referenced to, way, ways we didn't even understand. But in, in time, I brought an illustration because I used to be a youth pastor, and of course I have to do an illustration. Over time, there's things that are in your life that you don't even realize are there, but they build up. And they contend, now this is you inside here. This vessel is you full of the Holy Spirit and a Holy Ghost, excuse me. And <laughs> I just preach why I say that. And you have different things that happen. Maybe it's, maybe it is. And in this time and day, I think it's good for us to say, maybe it is some prejudices. Maybe it is some things that, that stand against uh, difficulties that stand against your life and you don't even know they're there. But as you begin to live for the Lord, there's, there's, there's things that we can recognize easily. You know, G Jesus gives us his spirit so we can discern spirits. Amen. And Jesus gives us the ability to notice. I mean, if it's blatantly evil, I'm, the devil is easy to pick out. He wears a little red suit, has a little pitchfork and a tail. You know? We know when it's really the devil. Amen. No, he doesn't wear a little suit. I'm kidding. But there are so many things that are bombarding our life right now that we sometimes don't even understand that there's darkness and there's evil interwoven into the fabric of our society now. And we may not even pick up on it. And so over time, there's just things that drip into our spirit. And we don't even realize it, but it's tainting us and it's causing us to have difficulty sleeping at night and problems. And, you know, you know, there's, there's spiritual things that happen in your life, and you don't even understand what's going on sometimes, but you know there's unrest in your spirit. Have you ever been there? Has anybody ever sat, you know, just sat up overnight just worrying over something? You can raise your hand. Anybody ever sat up overnight and just worry over something? All right, all right, all right. That's good. Thank you for being honest. So we know you know how to meditate. <laughs> now we just have to change the subject matter. <laughs> So what the Bible tells us is that we are to meditate upon the Lord. And so in, in they're dealing with this situation and they're talking to Peter and John and they're saying, what power did you do this by and what name did you do this by? 
and, and they say that they did it by the name of Jesus. And then they're dealing with their prejudices because they don't believe that anyone should raise from the dead. And they're preaching Jesus rose from the dead. And then if you go to Acts chapter 4, verse 18 through 20, we really get into the meat of what they're dealing with. And it says, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Notice they wanted them to not use the name. Why is it that there is so much religion in this world that does not want to use the name of Jesus when it has all power? And they answer, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken, would it be right in the sight of God to hearken? Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Biblical meditation is not just something that you think. You don't just sit down with your Bible and just think over the word of God. The understanding of biblical meditation, Western meditation, hear, hear me carefully. I'm going to get back to my illustration. I haven't forgotten about it. Western meditation is intellectual. Eastern meditation from Eastern religions is to empty the mind, to empty the mind. Biblical or Hebronic, Hebronic meditation was to speak and rehearse and go over the word of God. If you've ever seen any videos of people standing at the Wailing Wall uh, in, in Jerusalem, if you see them with their tallit, their Jewish garments, like a shawl, they put it over their head and they begin to mumble. Meditation is, is actually speaking the word of God in, in scripture. And I, I can kind of give you a little bit of a definition that I have of this because I, I looked it up. And actually to meditate in, in Hebronic is to reflect, to mourn, or to reflect, to moan, to ponder, to mutter. They would actually speak it out their mouth. And he says, continually contemplating or contemplating or thinking over something, speaking words and quietly rocking. They actually did something called davening. Not dabbing, you know, but davening, where they would have a physical response in meditation. They would put their shawl up over their head, their tallit, and they would be locked into this quiet place. And it literally was a place where they rehearsed or mumbled the words of God without distraction is the actual meditation. Hebrew meditation is to speak or mumble the word of God without distraction, to just stand there at the wailing wall and just rock back and forth. And they did this davening, this physical, physical response to the word of God as they meditated upon the word of God. And, and there's beautiful scripture that deal with this. And it's, it's in Hebrew. I mean, you can go into Psalms 1. There's a parallel chapter in Joshua 1. And, and in Joshua chapter 1 and, and verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto his people shall thou divide an inheritance. He's talking to Joshua here, the inheritance of the land, which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. He said, I'm going to promise you that I'm going to give you this land. Yes, there's armies 
armies there. Yes, there's fight, there's battles that you're going to have to fight, but be strong. Only be strong and very courageous. Someone say, be strong. And be very courageous. That's, that's talking about your mind as well. You need to be strong and courageous in mind that thou mayest observe to do according to all that the law. The law was the law of Moses. We have the word of God, our Bibles now. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper, that you may prosper. Did you know that the word of God is there a lot of people say, well, God makes me prosper. That is true. God gives you the breath to do it. But did you know that God gave, him, gave us his word so that you can make you prosper? That's what it's saying. That, oh, Lord, help us. Help us to be responsible in this nation right now for our actions and for who we are. I'm not going to dig a hole and I'm not going to get myself in trouble, but please hear me. We need more people that are willing to take responsibility for their own success. Amen? Take responsibility. Say this with me. I am responsible for my prosperity. Say this with me. I am responsible for my success. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Your life is what you've paid for. Amen. You, you, you are going to have to put in the work. Amen. They're not just going to hand you college degrees and hand you job successes without you doing the work. But while you're doing it, the Lord is with you to strengthen you and to keep you mind and body strong. He says, be strong, be courageous. Says it so many times as Joshua, you're going into walled cities. You're going into places of known military might with children of slaves that's left from coming out of Egypt. That's what you've got to work with. But be strong and be courageous. And he says all of that, and that's exciting, but how? How? Be strong, be courageous. That, it's like someone patting you on the back like, yeah, good job, keep it up. Be strong, be courageous. Verse 8 gives us the how. It says that thou mayest prosper wherever so wherever thou goest. This book, verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. There it is. Davening. It goes all the way back to David. That's why it's called davening. He says that you let it out of your mouth. You let you speak it, but thou shalt, everyone say the word, meditate. There it is. That's God's kind of meditation. This is what makes your mind strong, is meditating upon the word of God. Not on the news today, not on the, the drama or the trouble, but on the word of God. Therein day and night, look at that. Meditate therein day and night. When you wake up in the middle of the night because you can't sleep, you might as well make it profitable. You might as well do something with it because you're not sleeping. You might as well rehearse the word of the Lord. You know, I, I like to say, well, I say it to myself a lot. We'd have better days if we had better nights. We would. If you woke up and you can't sleep, just begin to rehearse the word of the Lord. Blessed is the man that walketh not. And you don't have to rock, you know. You wake up your wife or whoever you're with, you know, your husband, whatever, just rocking in the bed. What are you doing? I'm just making my nights profit. Old pastor said if I had better nights, I'd have better days. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just in your mind and heart, just begin to meditate upon the word of God. And just go over and don't just, you know, I have three by five cards that are just highlighter yellow. And I write out the Bible and I stick it with me and I put it at my desk at work and all kinds of places. And the reason why, I may know that verse by heart, 
but I get it out and I look at it because I want my eyes to interact with the word of God. And I say it because I want my ears to hear the word of God. And I speak it and I interact with it. And I've interacted with it so much that because of the interaction, it's interwoven into my life. And now the word of God has become cellular in me that when I have trouble or struggle, I, I'd say I wrestle not against flesh and blood when I have a problem, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Greater is he, you hear me say that one all the time, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will go through the entire first psalm sometimes, just standing there worshiping. I did it in my office before I came in here, getting my spirit ready, and God just begins to wash me. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. His delight is the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, and in his, whatever it says, and what I'm doing, <laughs> forgive me, what I'm doing is I'm being washed by the word. Matthew 4, 4, I'm just being washed by the word. Do you know what the problem is with this illustration? Is that while God is working on you, you cannot tell sometimes. Because though the water is washing your soul, just like that woman who was healed, she said it was like, it was like, Something flooded over me and just kept flooding until my body started to feel better and suddenly the Lyme's disease was all gone. It's just like that. But sometimes whenever you're having the Holy Ghost flood over you, though it's changing what's in here and it's strengthening your soul, your mind, you still see the same circumstances around you. Things have not changed around you. But while you were praying and meditating upon the Word of God, things changed in you, and God began to clean you out. He didn't promise to change all of your environment and all of your situation, but he has promised, if you will meditate upon the word of God, I will begin to wash you, and I will pour you, and I will cleanse you, and I will nourish you. And in that time, even though we're in the world, but we're not of the world, even though it doesn't look like it's changed from the outside, there is something happening on the inside, and you will walk away soul strong. You will walk away soul strong in your mind because you have given yourself to meditate upon the Word of God. Meditation upon the Word of God. To rehearse, to deal with, to handle the things that are thrown at you in life, the environment around you, by just constantly washing yourself in the Word of God so that you're cleansed on the inside. And so... What I want you to take away from this, please hear me carefully, those online, we love you so much. Just take this away. I'm not a prosperity doctrine preacher. I don't want you to think I'm talking about boats and houses, planes and trains and automobiles and mansions. I'm not, though, though it applies, but let's not, let's not ever get to the point where we are doctrinally illiterate to think that those that are mature in God have prosperity and those that are immature in God do not. Because you can have all of, God, all of the God that you can have and still not have enough funds because you're trying to do a work for the Lord. Amen. There, poorness does not necessarily mean that you are not right with God. And wealth does not mean that you're right with God. Neither one. But I want you to understand that the prosperity and success that Scripture talks about is not giving you a, a longer car and a wider house. The prosperity that Scripture talks about is inner prosperity. 
soul strength, the inside. So what, what Bill Gates has on the outside, God's target is to give you that kind of wealth on the inside. So whenever you're sitting in storms and troubles and trials, you can be absolutely at peace. While it's all going on around you, you can sit there and you can just meditate upon the Lord. So how do we get good courage and how do we get good strength? Meditate upon the word of God day and night. Has anybody received that word today? Let's stand. So the instruction of the Lord determines your impact. The instruction of the Lord determines your impact. And there's that sliver that I've given you today that God wants your walk with him to have conquests in it, just like a military army would. Where you conquer things in your life, where you can mark down, even do it in your Bible. If you have a physical Bible, I love pages and I write down all, all throughout my Bible places where God gave me revelations or things that I conquered in those moments where I heard a sermon came from that scripture and I conquered a thought process. I conquered a stronghold in my mind. The Bible says that we're supposed to take every thought into captivity. Can you hear me right now? Every thought into captivity. You know what that means? That means to literally in the original language to put every thought up against the wall with a spear to its neck and say, do I need to have this in my life? Just because the thought flies through your life doesn't mean it needs to stay there. God has given you authority to say, is that right according to the word of God? To pin every thought up against the wall and say, is this a thought that is wholesome, godly, pure, holy, righteous? All those things that the scripture talks about. And if it's not, you cast it out. That's what it means to be a strong soul, amen? That you are correct courageous and you are strong and you are mighty because you take every thought into captivity and say are you exalting Christ in my life and if you are not I cast you out because I want the strength to meditate upon the word of God in my life and if it does not encourage me in the word and in the Lord then it cannot wash me clean and so sometimes I just sit there Sister Carlin I just hold my Bible sometimes up to my chest because I I have a relationship with this word. Grandfather preached it, dad preached it, and I'm just a man, but sometimes I just rock with my Bible. And just tell the Lord, because there's scriptures like in Psalms 127, 127 and 128 chapters are, are, are family scriptures, and they, they deal with some beautiful things. Give me chapter 127 if you have it. And I just rock and I just pray this prayer. And you can do this too. Just take the word of God and just find it. Psalms chapter 127. Did you get my posty note? They're working with me. I gave them posty notes. So it says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walk, walk it, wait, waketh in vain. Waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late and eat the bread of sorrows. That's worry. Everyone say worry. It's vain to sit up late and to be up early eating the bread of sorrows. Everybody say, put down the carbs. Carbs of sorrow. It's right there in scripture, folks. Come on now. Jesus wants you healthy. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are the inheritance of the Lord and fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty man, so the children of youth. Happy is the person. It's man, but it means person. 
that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. There's just words like that. And I'm reminded last week when we talked about David going to get the Ark of the Covenant. You remember Karen, we talked about that last week. And he brought the Ark of the Covenant back and he took it to Zion. They still had the tabernacle built on Mount Geboa. Geboa? Geboa. Gibeah. I think it's Gibeah. My biblical translation is pretty bad, but he set his tabernacle up with the Ark of the Covenant in Zion. And they still had the old tabernacle going. They were still doing religion while God had come into the city in the Ark of the Covenant. I don't want to keep doing religion whenever I could stand and meditate and spend time in God's presence. I want the ark of God in my life. I want his power in my life. And I know there's some people in here that are tired. Would you bow your heads with me real quick? There, there may be some people in here that are exhausted from all of the different things they've heard. And maybe you don't even know where to find good information anymore because it's so hard to find. But I'm praying right now that you understand that Jesus sat on a well for a woman that didn't have any hope. He went to Samaria for a woman that didn't have any hope. And he said he sat down there because he was tired. And they're going to come and they're going to sing this song. And this is a song that you probably know is called Waymaker. But I wonder if you would just do me a favor today. Would you just lift your hands if you feel like you need a touch from the Lord? If you're tired or you want to give your life to God in some way, would you lift your hand right now in this room? I'm not looking around. No one looking around. There's a few of you that are feeling, feeling fatigued right now. And what I felt like the Lord told me to do at the end of this sermon is to help somebody be strong in their mind by telling them that you can have a beautiful experience with God in his presence. He can wash you with his spirit. Amen. And he can touch you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you will speak in other tongues as spirit gives the utterance. And that, that prayer language can be an encouragement to you, building up yourself in psalms and hymns and speak in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, that's part of that washing is being able to use what God gives us to strengthen our minds and our hearts. And you can have a change of life right here, right now. But whenever Jesus was tired, and I sent this message out to my, my team this week, but wonderful people that were just dealing with some exhaustion. I said, Jesus got tired too. And I wonder if maybe there's someone here right now, you can put your hand down, that this message is for, that God wants to renew your heart and your mind, but he wants you to sit with him at the well. It determines your peace. It determines your hope. It determines your joy, what well you sit at. It's important. And today there's a life spring in this room, and we've asked you just to bow your heads for a minute as we finish praying. Thank you, those online that are with us. But would you just take a minute right now and would you just physically with your body, would you just sit down in this room for about two, three minutes? Just have a seat with Jesus. Would you do that right now? Now, no distractions, no one looking around. Would you just close your eyes and just pretend that you are sitting on the well, on Jacob's well in Samaria with Jesus right now? And would you just rest just rest in him. Jesus is weary. You're tired. Take a moment with Jesus as they sing this song and make this song your prayer. Pretend Jesus is sitting right next to you. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
right now. No, no speaking, no getting up, no walking out. Just spend a moment sitting with Jesus. Thank you. 